a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Have you ever wondered if you're struggling with dating, why it seems so easy and fun for some people, but feels completely frustrating and challenging for you, that you give and give and give and you do everything in your power to be a good person and make your dates and relationships feel amazing, but you are somehow left with feeling depleted and getting nothing in return. And when you are dating, if you are experiencing too many failure to launch relationships or attracting the emotionally unavailable or, you know, people or takers, you may often find yourself coming up with reasons or excuses as to why you're having difficulties. You may say, oh, I'm just so unlucky in love. Or you're lamenting, all the good ones are already taken. It's too late for me. And the truth is, is not everyone that's quote unquote left is unavailable or toxic. Really, it's that there's a pattern here that pertains to you that is attracting the quote unquote unlucky situations and dates. So here's the thing. An important step in moving towards successful dating is to identify your personal dating communication style and having emotional boundaries when you start dating. As human beings, we all have that desire to connect and form relationships. However, if a relationship moves too fast, too deep, too soon, you may make yourself vulnerable to heartache and possible emotional injury. So that's why we really want to talk about good boundaries and communication, because when you do that in an assertive way, it'll help you get rid of this dynamic of challenging and lopsided dates and relationships, because setting boundaries isn't like a properly line. Okay. Let me just be clear. It's not this brick wall that is used to keep people out. Because that could be the other extreme, right? That you are setting almost too much boundaries, but really what that is, is it's a guard, okay? It's a guard from getting hurt. It's not rigid. It's, you know, they're not lines that are drawn in the sand that are clear for all to see. Boundaries are actually a way of taking care of yourself. And when you understand how to set and maintain those healthy boundaries, you can avoid the feelings of resentment, disappointment, and the anger that builds up when limits have been pushed. And they will be pushed, especially when you don't set them early on. Okay, so if you, I want you to just listen to this list because if you have loose or open boundaries, here's something that you might be doing. You get too involved with other people's problems. You might find it difficult to say no to others' requests. You might overshare personal information with others. You might seek to please others in fear of rejection or abandonment. And when you are able to establish the healthy boundaries, it establishes a behavior that will, it'll be like accepted from people who are right for you. Because the people who are not good for you, guess what? They'll hate you setting boundaries. I always tell my clients this. So 
when you establish, you know, those clear boundaries, you'll share information appropriately. You'll understand your personal needs. It comes from you and you'll let people know what your wants and desires are and communicate them in an effective way. You'll value your own opinion, not worry about what other people think and accept when others tell you no. But how you communicate those boundaries, this is where a lot of people get caught up. That is where you might be getting stuck. And overall, there are different ways that people communicate with one another, but it's that assertive communication is what you want to adopt because it's the healthiest and most effective way of communicating, especially when you're out there dating or in any other situation for that matter. You may find yourself you know, doing it or not doing it in friendships with coworkers, with family members. But when you talk in an assertive way, it shows that you're respectful to others and that you take full responsibility for yourself. You speak directly and appropriately about your preferences, your limits, your desires, and your deal breakers. And this is what a lot of times people have a hard time with. You show yourself to be a good problem solver and you know how to listen to someone else and what they're saying and you find it easy to stand up for yourself. Those are all ways. And a lot of times people get confused between aggressive and assertive. So they think, oh, well, if I'm assertive, that's going to be seen you know, as aggressive to other people. Being aggressive and dominating is different than really just being assertive and standing up for yourself. And that's a distinction that we might talk about today because today I have on the line a woman who is having a hard time with establishing boundaries with dates and in relationships. And because of that, she's been noticing that she attracts unavailable men. And I hope to help her find ways to be more assertive and find her voice with men moving forward. Are you there, Kava? Hi. Hi. (laughs) So good to have you here. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yes. I was super excited to do this with you. We had a like beautiful call a couple weeks ago and I'm like, you're coming on the podcast because what you are dealing with, struggling with so many people are. So just, you know, thank you for coming on and let's start out with just, and, and I don't know you that well. I just had that one call with you. So I'm, I'm excited to just dive in a little bit more and, and help you maybe just tell everybody who you are, where you live and, um, you know, just some things that you're struggling with, with dating. Okay. So I'm Kifo. I'm from Jamaica. That's in the Caribbean. I've just been having a habit of attracting emotionally available men. I have been seeing some progress with trying to set boundaries, but I think for me, I would like to be a little bit more consistent with it. Mm. And yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm on the call. Yeah. So tell me more about that. Like, when you say that you've been having a hard time setting boundaries, what does that look like? It will sometimes look like, okay, you know, I'm not really a huge fan of this or like, you know, this is what I'd want, but sometimes it's very hard for me to communicate that. Um, And sometimes it's easy. So it it really depends. But yeah, it's mostly me just being comfortable enough to be like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. And I think that is sometimes something I struggle with. I've gotten a lot better with it as of late, but I think I still see times when I like, struggle with that. Now, does this happen in the beginning stages, like when you're first meeting a guy or later on when you start like getting into, you know, more of a relationship or or all of it? I think all of it, because there are times when it's early and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm setting my boundaries from early, but there are times when it's 
doesn't happen and it's later on and I'm like struggling to try and set those boundaries. Uh, like I already feel like I'm a little bit in too deep. And I think that's the situation that really gets to me because I kind of have feelings. So it's kind of hard to then communicate this. And yeah, that is definitely a pattern I do see in my relationships. So you say it gets kind of like too deep or too much. Like, do you find yourself where you get kind of like sucked into a lot of these guys and all of a sudden you're like in this kind of heavier, like relationship type of dynamic? Yeah, actually it's like that. Mm, Okay. So, okay. Let's talk about that. Cause I think that this is part of the pattern and it's a little bit what I was talking about in the beginning. So like when you're first meeting a guy, what what happens? Like, do you ask them a lot of questions? Are you a good listener? Like, you make them feel amazing, that kind of thing? Uh, okay, uh, I actually do make the guy feel amazing, and it's, like, mm-hmm. a lot of laughter and stuff. I do ask some questions, but I think sometimes I get too caught up in the moment that I don't ask all the questions. And I think now, from experience, there are certain questions that you definitely should ask from the start, um, such as, like, religious views, political views, um, you know, whether they want kids or not, like those things tend to be important. And sometimes I get a little too wrapped up in the moment that I forget to ask those questions. So I think for me, it's mostly just being a little bit more consistent and making sure that I do ask those questions, all the important questions from the start. Well, I might push back and disagree because I don't think that that, <laughs> that that maybe is warranted yet. Like I'm talking about in the very beginning stages, right? Uh And maybe that, obviously, like later on, then you start getting to know people and asking kind of those bigger, broader stroke type of questions are going to be important in ways of your values. But like when you are first getting to know a guy, I'm trying to get a sense of, you know, how you act and and also how, how you feel inside. So do you sometimes lose a little bit of yourself when you're, you know, meeting these guys where you're like really focused on them and maybe not enough of you? You, Yeah, sometimes that's, that's what happens. Okay. Let's talk about that. So, so tell me more about that. Uh, okay. So sometimes I could, you know, just fall into a person of like, you know, enjoying the conversation and so forth. And I think for me, sometimes I am quite a chameleon and I don't just use guys sometimes I also do like with my friends and people I talk to so like sometimes it's like just uh adapt adapting to like who I'm speaking to and so forth and I do see that it is a problem sometimes because you know I do want to just be authentic and just you know be myself sometimes but it's like I get so caught up in the conversation I you know sometimes just like a matter of just listening and I do I don't always feel like my stuff really comes out. I do feel a little bit guarded sometimes. And yeah, I, I think that's definitely something I struggle with. I think we, we struck a chord here a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Um, and you said that this happens too with friends and maybe other people. I call what you said, like the chameleon effect, I call shape-shifting. It's like you're almost going with what that other person wants of you and you know how to make them feel good and ask them great questions that where you then almost lose yourself. You're not paying attention to how you feel and and share enough of you. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's it. And it's because, you know, I've had to use that approach just to, you know, get through a lot of things. Also, my job also requires me to be like that. But 
I think for me, it's like when to cut that off and to just feel comfortable enough to be myself. And, and that is definitely something I struggle with. So you mentioned that it's because that you've had to deal with a lot of things that you are that way. Like, can you share that with us? Uh, it's a little bit personal, but it was mostly because for a long time I've been in groups and stuff where I didn't exactly feel like if I was myself, I would fit in. Mm. And like, I wouldn't get the type of treatment I want. And so that's one of the reasons why I was like, okay, maybe I should try this approach more and see what happens. And mm. the thing is, yeah, okay. I sometimes it works, but then sometimes I just don't feel like I'm a hundred percent being me. Yes. Yes, I know. And and that's what happens too. Well, and, and especially if you've come from situations where you learned that that's how you needed to survive or adapt, it makes sense that you might translate that into other areas. Like, tell me a little more about your upbringing. Like where, you know, like when you grew up, what, was it that you were kind of more of the caretaker? Like what, what was your role growing up? <sighs> okay, so I was... I guess when I was growing up, I was aiming to be more of a perfectionist. So, like, I would try mm. to do well at school. I try to get good grades. I try to, you know, um, regularly go to church and stuff. This was a while back. And I think for me, that was probably the best way of, you know, making sure that I don't get in trouble with my parents, making sure that, you know, I'm like the perfect daughter. Uh. And I think that really carried over because now it's like, I'm also trying to be like the perfect partner instead of just being myself and then seeing, you know, if somebody else is a good match for me. Okay. This is really important what you just said. So, and and if you think about it too, that makes sense. Like when you got good grades and you were the quote unquote perfect student girl, like what would your parents do? You know, it would be a reward system. Like, you know, I'll probably get something nice to eat or probably, you know, would be treated well. And, you know, the reverse would happen. And I think for me, that is definitely carried over. I feel like I've definitely made a breakthrough here. Um, it definitely carries over in my relationships now because of that. And mm-hmm. I will say, part of me is getting very tired of that because I'm realizing that, hey, you know, this is not really working anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's just to try to find a new way to just be okay being myself and not worrying too much um but yeah uh I guess that's really it Mm -hmm. it's amazing how things get like imprinted on our brains and our souls you know with different dynamics and it sounds like you know growing up you would get validated or loved when you did good you know, like when you, when you achieve something and you, you were that like, quote unquote, perfect girl. And if you didn't, what would happen? If I didn't, I would. Okay. So if I didn't, I would probably be, you know, you know, I would, I would be able to disappoint myself, but the thing is too, I'd also, you know, not really get that approval and stuff from my parents as much, you know, and I think that is one of the reasons why I probably do shift with this racism is just get that validation. And I'm realizing a lot of this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Powerful stuff. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Like if you, if you are worried about disappointing, you know, and, and, the, and it goes back to, I often use the metaphor of like the mothership, right? It's like, the mothership is hovering and inside the mothership is 
is really your upbringing, you know, and the inner child of you with your parents on board. And if you got rewarded for doing what they wanted of you, right. And in ways of achieving and, and doing really well and being the good girl, then disappointing them by not doing well was not good for you. Right. And so it it almost sounds like that that's how you're dating. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And that maybe you're spending so much energy on trying to get it right and making them uh, like approve you and feel approved from your dates that then exactly what you said, you lose your authentic self and maybe what you really want in fear of them not approving you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) What's the wow about? What are you feeling? No, I think that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. It, It's an important connection. And I always say it's not to like, it's not the blame game or going back and saying, oh, it's your fault. And what do I do? It's more about, oh, wow. Like here's, we just kind of connected a pattern for yourself because it's just where you've known all your life, right? It's your default button as I call it. And so what your journey now is, is to learn how to meet new men, new relationships, new situations that's independent from how people approve or disapprove you, that you're coming from a place of this is what I want versus this is what they like. And it's a big distinction. It's a different energy. And it all has to do with finding your voice and showing up more and setting boundaries. Yeah. So now the question is, well, that's great, Kimmy. How? Yes. <laughs> You're like, that's great. Now what? Um, and this is always, you know, the big conundrum. It, it's like, again, we can analyze this to death, but it, it's really kind of the real time um, action plan that you'll need to do for yourself. So, okay. So fast forward to now, um, tell me a little bit about your dating life now currently are you are you out there online are you dating up a storm are you shut down like where are you at so i've been you know trying some dating apps trying to put myself out there but i just i'm already feeling what i'm getting and i think it's just because i've been a little bit more particular with what i want in a partner Mm-hmm. And like I, I pay attention to like the signs. Like there's also certain things that, like I would want, and if I'm not seeing that, I would click make it. You know, this is not for me. Or you seem like a great person, but this is not for me. So there's been like a lot of work from previous previous times where I'll just be like, okay, you seem great, or you seem like really attractive. Let's go. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna be a little bit more selective. So the thing is, yes, I am. You know, currently, you know, dating around. There's somebody I'm talking to. Um, and I'm just taking my time, seeing where it goes, asking all the important questions and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not fully attached. I'm just like talking and taking my time mm-hmm. to get to know people now and just to see if they would be a good fit for me. 
rather than you know jump in as well which is a bad habit of mine being impulsive now I'm just like taking my time getting to talk and getting to know people I think that's also been very helpful because you know uh it's always good to just figure out you know if this person's a good friend sometimes that takes time so that's what I've been doing as well as you know having my boundaries and like knowing that this is a red flag or this is a green flag and of course red flags are no green flags are yes so that's there's some more that's been happening um and yeah I'm just taking my time for now okay that's great and are you dating more than one person are you just doing like one at a time like what's your strategy right now with that Right now, my strategy is that, you know, I'm, I'm talking to this one guy. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's really it. But at the same time, we're not together. I just wanted to preface that we're not together. So mm-hmm. I could, but I haven't really been talking to everybody as much as I talked to that person. So I, like, I'm, I'm just taking my time to see where it goes. I think if I was not in that kind of situation, I might, you know, be open to talking to more people. Mm. So, Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, this is interesting because, I mean, you're in a situation where you might get to practice some of this boundary setting and and tactics, if you will, to really pull in and pay attention to you more. And so, you know, to give you some ideas, and here's where, like, I want to start giving you some homework, so to speak, around this. Um, tell me a little more about this uh, guy and how long have you been talking? Like, tell me more about him. Okay, so we've been talking for about two months. He's older than me, which I actually like. Mm-hmm. Um, we seem to have very good conversations and whatnot. And so, yeah, and he's very consistent, very responsive. Um, we have common interests and so forth. And it seems to be going well. I think for me, I'm giving it some time because I do think we don't have as strong as a connection as yet. And I do question that a little bit. But besides that, I think we get along very well. And yeah, it's just, it's been two months. So I'm actually kind of on the fence as to whether or not, you know, do I stay or do I go? So Mm. that's actually where I'm at with that. Okay, so you said... So, so tell me more about this uncertainty that you, you're mentioning. What's coming up? I think normally at this stage, when I'm talking to somebody, I would at least feel like some emotional connection. Like I feel some sort of, you know, pull and stuff. And I don't mm-hmm. fully feel that. I think I may be partially guided, but I also think he is partially guided because this, um, I guess it's like a long distance like reaction because we're not really in a relationship. So it's like, we are not seeing each other all the time and so forth. So I think that's why both of us kind of question and both of us do pull back because of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, and this goes back to your trail of men who are unavailable. And I think you're really smart to take a look at this dynamic. So he lives somewhere else. He's not. Yes. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. Well, I think, and in this, this is kind of more something to think about not just with this guy, but moving forward with all of your guys is that instead of focusing on the good questions to ask and vetting to see whether or not this is a good guy for you, which I'm hearing you say out loud. I don't know if you have a list or that kind of thing. And it's good to have a list. It's good to have things that you want as a, um, and I always encourage that by the way. And if you are listening to this, um, it is a good idea to write down like your negotiables and non-negotiables, you know, just things that you're manifesting for yourself. But or I should say, and in addition to that, 
it's really important to not get so caught up in the list that it becomes like the pre-qualifications of what a, a good boyfriend or girlfriend should be. And what I mean by that is that you can get so caught up with the qualifications and then you forget how to focus on the feelings. And what's more important than the facts is how you feel with this person. And I'm not quite sure if you've ever done that. Like, how are you with expressing your feelings? That's actually a good point. So yeah, I do have the list. I There are things that are non-negotiables, but there are things that are flexible with. But yeah, I do think one thing I should work on is also like being able to communicate how I feel clearly. There's been some work done because before I used to be really bad at that. Like I used to be very bad at communicating my emotions, but as I've gotten older, I've done a little bit of work, like it's easier, but I still think I do struggle with being able to communicate my emotions, you know, without worrying or, you know, fear of judgment and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, it's kind of, I think the key to your queendom, quite honestly, because usually when there's a pattern of attracting unavailable people, it usually means you're not quite available yourself. And so it becomes this like disconnect. And I think this is why you're left with this question about this guy, distance or no distance. I'm talking about the emotional kind of connection that you can build with someone regardless of where someone lives. And so one of the things that I would love for you to do on top of having your list in front of you is to really focus on how you feel with each interaction that you have. And so, you know, maybe if you have a Zoom date or a long conversation afterwards to journal how you feel. I felt excited. I felt sad. I felt frustrated, you know, and then back it up with why. That is a good suggestion. (laughs) Yeah, because see, you've been so trained to focus not only on the, the, the factual stuff to try to like pre-qualify these guys so you don't get hurt again, but you've also been trained to focus on the dynamics and him more than the feelings that are going on inside. And your feelings are way more important than any of the stuff that you have on a paper. Agreed. Right. Yeah. And so that is the first thing. The second thing is really practicing. And I don't know. And again, this could be new guys you're, you're meeting. It could be even with like friends, family, that kind of thing. I really want you sharing how you feel and things about you in conversations, not waiting for them to ask you about you, but to, for you to insert yourself and, and share stories around things that have happened in your day, you know, and, and also back it up with the feeling. So today I felt really sad because such and such happens, or today I was so excited because guess what happened? Da, 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 da. Because I think, again, you're so used to focusing on them that you, you don't share enough of you. Yeah, I don't think I do. <laughs> you're like long pause. Yeah, no, really, because this is the dynamic and it's not that I'm a mind reader or that I knew that 
you have, you know, like, oh my God, how did she know that? It's because when there's this pattern of attracting guys who are unavailable, who it feels disconnected, who are takers, it usually comes from you not having your voice or sharing enough of you, especially in the beginning stages. Because here's the thing that's so great about that is then you get to see how they react to your feelings. Do they skim over it? Do they even hear what you just said? Do they acknowledge it? Do they turn it back to themselves? It's such a great like detector for those guys who really don't care (laughs) and the ones who do, right? Like, and then conversely, what if you opened yourself up and now he's sharing more things about him and you're having more depth in your conversation? Hmm. Okay. I guess I'll try this. I'll I'll definitely give it a try. Yeah. Like I always say when, when you have a situation where you can practice the skills that that should be the focus, right? It's the focusing on the skills, not, is this the guy for me? And that's also kind of the mindset that I want you doing right now, because you're so worried about getting it right or wrong because you're a perfectionist. You just said that. And you're, that's the wrong focus. Focus on just building skills and changing things about you to get a different result. And that, and then you can stay really present with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a try. How are you feeling right now? A little bit relieved. <laughs> um, mostly because I see it was a person, but I just... Didn't know. And I think a part of me knew, but I guess when you have someone to talk to about these things, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Well, and and like, are you the type of person who's had to figure out a lot on your own? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. I am that type of person. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and then that's the thing. It's like, you can do a lot of things and you are like, you're, you're such you're, you're so independent and you make people feel good. And it's like, unfortunately people like you are the perfect prey for these guys who are fixer uppers and unavailable and narcissists and all that, because you're so capable. You can kind of like just handle all these things, but the fallout of that is you're not allowing yourself to receive from anyone. And that's, it starts from the minute you say hello to people. So really sharing more of yourself, how you feel, you'll, you'll see how people respond to you more and it'll set kind of the precedent and the pattern for the rest of that relationship. Should you move on with that person? Okay. So for instance, like even on this podcast, you, you've been agreeing and you've been saying, yes, I should do that. But I really had to like pry the feelings out of you. Like even on this podcast right now, I had to do that. Like, I didn't know you were relieved. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Right? Yeah, well, no, I am. I'm quite guarded, but yeah, uh-huh. I think you know, some of these things I had in my head and it was like swirling around in my head, but I think to talk to somebody, it feels a little bit better because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, as you said, yeah, I'm so used to, you know, doing things on my own being very independent and like, you know, regulating my own emotions. But sometimes when it comes down to even just seeing how I feel or getting into detail, it's, 
it's a little bit weird. Um, I think maybe what I need to do sometimes just allow myself the space to be vulnerable. Uh, and yeah, and I'm actually, thank you for pointing that out because I didn't even realize I was automatically doing that until you did. Yeah, like it was so perfect. You just demonstrated in real time, I think, what happens on dates. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you just sit there, you you agree, you smile, you wave, you're, you're awesome, you know. But like I got no sense of well, what is going on inside. What is she feeling? And by the way, feelings aren't always negative. People equate negative feelings and setting boundaries as like being hard ass and like, I, I don't like this or I don't like that. So here's the other thing. Setting boundaries is simply stating in an authentic way how you feel about something so that people respect it and they follow up with it. So a, like a, a good example of that is saying, if the guy wants to order you on a date chocolate and you hate chocolate, you know, instead of just saying, okay, that sounds good. And then like nibbling at it and really inside you're like, ugh, I hate it. Saying, actually, I'm one of those gals that prefers vanilla. So you would really um, have me if you ordered a coconut cake right now. Smile. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it, it's not just saying I don't like it or I like it. It's going beyond it and saying, but what is it that I like? Wow. Okay. I actually like that phrasing too. Cause I do think sometimes even when I do communicate my boundaries, I do come up with being like, I don't like this. I think maybe uh -huh. I need to off, I prefer this or I prefer that. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be so serious and hardballish. And, you know, and I think that's the, that's the pendulum that a lot of people swing where they'll, you know, either they'll be guarded, but then when they try to set boundaries, it might be this like kind of serious, I'm drawing the line thing. And it really is somewhere in between. And when you're first getting to know someone, of course, you don't want to like be this hard ass and say, well, I don't like this and you should do this for me and I'm not going to drive there. Instead, what can you say that you do like and have a little fun with it along the way? Then you get to see if the guy is picking up these things because a good guy, by the way, will dance circles around you, will order you that coconut cake that'll like literally put his coat down for you as you cross the road that has all the puddles on it. Like that is what you're looking for, but it's on you to ask for it. Otherwise you're never going to know. Yeah. Um, that's true. I, yeah, I guess men aren't mind readers, right? <laughs> I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, Kayla, you're you're awesome, and you're you have such a warmth about you. I my wish for you is that you just demand more for yourself, and that someone likes you for you, not for what you can do for them. Yeah. I think I did. You know what? I deserve more. I was going to say, I think it is a window. I deserve more. And I, I deserve to actually get what I'm asking for it. So I got to just ask. You got to ask. Right. Yeah. And then be comfortable receiving after that. So that is your journey. And those are some like quick, tangible things that you can practice even with this guy and just see what happens from there.
okay, I will give it a try. Awesome. Well, are there any like kind of parting words or, you know, just things you want to share as, as we end? Uh, okay. Well, I guess one thing that also helps you with setting boundaries, because I've been working on boundaries, you know, even before this call, mm-hmm. I read a couple of books and whatnot. I think making sure that you know you deserve it. I think after we're going to communicate saying that part, but I think on a level, I know I deserve X, Y, and Z and what I'm asking for. And given the stories I've heard with my friends, I don't think you're asking for too much. I think that is something that sits with me, but I definitely need to work on the actual communicating it to the guy now. <laughs> right, exactly. And on that note too, is that maybe you're not asking enough. Like if you feel like you're not asking that much, then probably you're not asking enough. And so what feels like a lot might be just completely normal for what you deserve and to really practice that as you move forward. So, oh, Kava, thank you so much for coming on and being vulnerable to the process. And I'm sure you've helped a lot of people today because it's such a common thing to to really have a hard time with setting boundaries and communicating in an assertive way for yourself. No, thanks for having me. I really do hope this helps other people. And yeah, I have some things I just need to go sit with. And yes, thank you. You're not asking for too much. Just got to know you deserve it and just ask and see what sticks. And if it sticks, then that's for you. Yes. Ah, well put. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) You're very good. I get to be vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the start. So you're going to keep going with this. Well, thank you again for joining. And for you listening, thanks for joining me. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com, for more information. And if you are finding yourself in lopsided situations and relationships, feeling depleted or think dating is just so hard due to your difficulties establishing boundaries and being assertive, then hop on a free call with me by clicking the link you see in the show notes so I can help you out. That 30-minute call could change the course of your entire relationship and dating experiences. And hopefully it did for Kava too. Remember, it starts with you and working on yourself is working on your dating life. That's all for now.